Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
Wednesday morning, St. Louis, and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the Window World Kings Court. Heard live exclusively on KevinSlaytonShow.com. But you can hear the podcast here or anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor. We're in all those platforms now, so you can join us there. And please spread the word on social media about the show, whatever account you're on, Truth Social, hopefully, Donald Trump's network, or Twitter, if you're on there, or Facebook, whatever it is. Share the show, because this is a show that speaks the truth, the show that bases itself on the truth and evidence and facts. We don't have to speculate. There's enough evidence to show us what circus clowns run this country. Always deal with evidence and facts, none of which are present in these schmuck hearings, Hollywood production style, sham, joke, whatever you call it, and shame on Fox for even televising it, these January 6th meetings. That's what they are. It's really embarrassing for this country and and the rule of law in this country. No courtroom in America would stand for that. And they haven't produced one speck of evidence. And they won't, because there is none. The FBI has already investigated it. The FBI, who wants to get Donald Trump, has already investigated it and found nothing. It was just like Michael Brown in Ferguson. A government, an attorney general, Eric Holder, that wanted to nail Darren Wilson, the police officer, to the wall. And yet he couldn't because all the evidence said no. And yet the media and the agitators, the liberal uh, nutcases, not suitcases, well, that too, complained and screamed, oh, the fix was in, Darren Wilson should have been indicted. You don't indict people with zero evidence. An indictment's an easy thing to get. That's how innocent Darren Wilson was. That's how innocent Donald Trump is. That's how innocent anyone is, if you notice, that the liberals attack and go after. Did you ever notice that? They go after people who have lily-white records because they'll pull out all the stops, they'll break every law they can in order to try to find something against them, and they still can't. So imagine if your life were put under the scrutiny and the investigative power of the corrupt federal government like Donald Trump's is, like Darren Wilson's was, and they can't find anything. They probably find some in my life. Hell, well, they'll make it up. They've made it up about Trump. They made it up about Darren Wilson. They had some super clown witness come in and say, hands up, don't shoot. So they lie. They make things up. But they still can't get you because the things they make up are so absurd that no one believes them. Our phone lines are open as always, 636-538-0746. You can join us at any time during the show. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. I don't know if you've seen the latest from Uvalde, Texas, where the the uh, head of the state police spoke at a hearing and pulled no punches with regard to Police Chief Adirondo, who dropped not only dropped the ball, but more than likely caused children to die that didn't have to die. I don't know how you live with yourself when you do that. There's a new training film out that they're being 
uh, that the Navy is being shown, Navy fighters are being shown this training film. We'll play the training film for you. You won't believe what you're going to hear. Jason Whitlock is going to be along to tell us what June 9th, uh, excuse me, Juneteenth really is and the secret agenda of the liberals. And I keep hearing over and over again now that January 6th is just Charlottesville on steroids. And we're going to play for you what Donald Trump actually said about Charlottesville. Remember, we've played for you several times what President Trump actually said to the protesters who had gathered on the Capitol Mall on January 6th. Not the lies that the liberals in the media tell you. And we'll play for you his exact comments about Charlottesville. Not the lies that the media and the liberals will tell you. Again, facts and evidence. You'll hear, without question, unequivocally, that Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden has no plan to do anything to help you at the gasoline pump. In fact, just the opposite. They want to strangle you, make you think that gasoline is evil, and make you believe the only way out is an electric car, an electric vehicle, the EV they talk about. You'll hear single-digit IQ Pete Buttigieg pontificating on this as if he knows anything. James Clyburn, the guy that got Biden's campaign turned around in the Democratic primary, has endorsed Heels Up Harris. He qualifies it if Biden's not there, but he still endorses Harris. We'll see why. Newt Gingrich will tell you why. And Newt Gingrich will scare you with his assessment of what a heels-up Harris presidency would look like. We've got the latest lies from Stephen Colbert on his late-night show and what his staff was doing at the Capitol. You won't believe what they were really doing. It's pretty pretty crazy. Victor Davis Hanson is going to let us know that we live in a lawless society. And it's a scary time. A very scary time. NPR, National State Radio, has come along to tell everybody that will listen that these migrant flights in the middle of the night, early morning, are just normal and that they took place under Donald Trump. Miranda Devine will dispute that. And the libs love little old nanner, drunken, drooling Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. And you'll hear who Pelosi loves this morning. All of that and more is coming your way. But our good friend Jordan Krugman, hey, he, he told me he just signed up a uh, Medicare uh, person yesterday who's a listener to the show. So a uh, listener in Kansas City, I believe it was. Great job. We're spreading the good word everywhere, not just in the St. Louis area, but in the Midwest all over and in the East Coast, West Coast. We have listeners in Czechoslovakia, in Russia, in Canada. It's an amazing reach you have. And hopefully that just keeps multiplying and people get the message backed by the truth. So Jordan Krugman helped this gentleman with Medicare coverage, and he'll do the same for you. 314-602-4055. 314-602-4055. Online, you can find him at thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Thehealthinsuranceguy.net. And yes, Medicare is one of the areas that he specializes in because he can get you a zero monthly premium. Many of his Advantage plans have that. I don't know if you qualify, but many of the plans have that, a zero monthly premium. He has Advantage plans, Medicare supplements, Part D drug plans, hospital indemnity plans, 
Throw all of that stuff away that you're getting in the mail if you're about 64 and a half years old from the insurance companies who are sending you propaganda. It's confusing. It'll drive you crazy. Call Jordan Krugman. He has lots of extras included, too. Gym memberships. How about transportation services or hearing aids? You can get all that through Medicare and Jordan Krugman. 314-602-4055. But it's not just Medicare. Health, dental, vision, life, all simple and easy to understand. Jordan's an independent broker. No ties to an insurance company. He'll meet with you virtually, if that's what you want, from your own home. And determine a plan of action. And that plan will be designed specifically for you and your needs. That's why he can get plans that have zero deductible. Zero deductible. How about a small business? He can save you tens of thousands of dollars, as he has, and gotten better coverage for the employees than they had previously for less money. That's a winner. Jordan's licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. 314 602-4055 602-4055 or thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Jordan's my insurance guy, my families, my friends, listeners to the show, and no one has called and said to me, Kevin, you really steered me in a bum direction there. Nope, just the opposite. Glowing reviews. The Slayton Guarantee rides with Jordan Krugman. All right, let's get this party rolling, shall we? Steve McCaw, Colonel Steve McCaw, is the head of the state police in Texas. He has reviewed the police response to the Uvalde uh, grade school, well, middle school, I guess we call it now, shooting. And what he's discovered is an abhorrent lack of A, leadership, B, courage, and C, sense of duty on the part of the police officers in Uvalde. Now, when I say officers, I include those that were there that obeyed orders. So you might say, well, they were just obeying orders. And I say, okay. Kind of sounds like what the Nazi soldiers were saying after the Nuremberg trials. Well, we were just following orders. There's a time... When an order is something you need to disobey, that doesn't mean you should feel comfortable about disobeying orders if you're in the military, if you're in the police department. But when you know the safety of children is at stake and some imbecile police chief, probably an elected official, so he's a political hack, is telling you otherwise, you act on your instincts. And none of these cops did that. In fact, they were in the building three minutes after this shooter got in. Three minutes. When did they try to go to the uh, schoolroom door? 74 minutes later. Turns out that that door wasn't even locked. Remember all the different stories that came out? Well, the police were waiting to get keys to open the door. Why would you need keys, by the way? You've got an artillery of guns. Blow the frickin' lock to smithereens if it's locked. But it wasn't locked. But they didn't know that at the time because, altogether class, no one tried it. They had plenty of equipment. They had shields. They had an arsenal of weapons. And they refused to go in for 74 minutes. They could hear children screaming. Children were calling 911 from their phones while the police 
stood in the hallways of the school and did nothing. I can't believe this police chief is still employed. Hopefully he's been suspended without pay pending the completion of the investigation. And then he should be charged with 19 counts of murder of children and two more counts with adults. And he should never see the light of day again. Get to prison. Stay there. That's where you belong. You're a coward. You're an imbecile coward on top of that. And I would go so far as to say the officers who refuse to go in and help those kids are cowards as well. They're all culpable. They're all negligent in this case. And I think all should be charged with negligent homicide. If you don't want to be a cop, I understand it. Good cops are heroes. They are heroes. They go where the gunfire is. Check yourself and ask yourself, would I go where the gunfire is? Probably not. But cops do, the good ones. The cowards don't. But the good ones don't think twice. That in itself is heroic. To put your personal safety aside to help someone else who's in dire, dire shape. And yet these police officers in Uvalde, Texas, didn't do that. 74 long minutes. In case you're counting, that's an hour and 14 minutes before they went into the classroom. It's sickening. Every one of them should be prosecuted, charged, prosecuted, convicted, and jailed for life as far as I'm concerned. Every one of them. And Colonel Steve McCaw pulled no punches when he testified at the hearings yesterday as to what he had found. It's blunt. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure. The only thing stopping the hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. The officers had weapons. The children had none. The officers had body armor. The children had none. I don't believe, based on the information we have right now, that that door was ever secured. In fact, I have great reason to believe it wasn't secured. How about trying the door and see if it's unlocked? How about doing that? But nobody did. Nobody did. One of the police officers had a child who was killed. He tried to go. You know what happened to him? He was pulled out and handcuffed. (laughs) I, I can't imagine what his mental state is right now. He tried to save his child. He was stopped by his fellow police. What a cluster bomb that is. Whoever stopped him and handcuffed him should be charged with murder one because there was intent there. You could have saved a life you chose not to by stopping a cop who was trying to. It's despicable. Despicable. A police officer, a friend of mine who's retired, sent me this text. No excuse. These are in capital letters. No excuse for not going in that room immediately. No excuse. 
And they weren't even close to immediately. They were 74 minutes later. They were in the school three minutes. That's how quick these police officers get there. Now, you think about it. Three minutes doesn't sound like a lot. Because to us, it's not. Ah, Wait three minutes. That means nothing. But three minutes of a guy with a gun and unarmed kids can mean they're all getting wiped out. But 74 minutes is criminal. A cop's response to get there within three minutes is spectacular. Right up until that moment, they did everything right. And then they decided to be cowardly and run from the gunfire as if they were fleeing children without a weapon. Instead, the children without a weapon were left to be slaughtered because the cops with weapons and with shields refused to go in and help. The same police officer said to me, you'd have to kill me to keep me out of that school. Again, I said earlier, good cops are heroes. That's what a good cop does. They know every morning when they go to work, they they could not come home. Because they might have to sacrifice their life to save someone, or they might be ambushed by some liberal freak. Either way, there's a possibility that a police officer every day when they go to work, might not come home. They sign up for that. They know that. It's not a mystery. It takes a certain kind of heroism to even sign up, especially in these days when they're not respected. And maybe it all stems from the kind of woke, cowardly ways our military has and in the way they train our fighters now. Can you imagine if we're attacked Here's what the Navy, Navy fighter pilots, Navy officers, Navy warriors are being trained with. Here's the film. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody? That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Instead of saying something like, hey guys, you can say, hey everyone, or hey team. Wow. I I don't know what to say. My research assistant found that. I don't know what to say to that. I'm not often tongue-tied. But how do you respond to that kind of cowardly nonsense? So I guess the meaning behind that training training film for the Navy is that when you encounter the enemy, before you shoot them, stop and ask them which pronoun they prefer. You know, don't say, hey, you MF, or say, hey, team. (laughs) Don't say, hey, guys. Because that's pronoun wrong. Hey, team, how about I kill you? So that's how the Navy's being trained. So it makes me wonder about the Uvalde police. Are they being trained by such absurd films? That's our Navy training program. Good God help us. There's only one person who can't help us, and that's God himself. This country has become a shithole. This is one of the countries Donald Trump was talking about. Why do we 
worry about these shithole countries. Why do we take people from these shithole countries? We are a shithole country. So I guess it makes sense that we would take them. Any country that trains its soldiers with that is a shithole country. Can you imagine that being shown to the Chinese army, the Red Army, kicking their legs high as they march past President Xi and the Communist Party of China? How about Russia? You think Putin teaches his soldiers from that video? Or Iran? The crazy religious fanatics over there, do you think they see a movie like that? Only here does that happen. What do you think General Patton would have said if they'd have said, come here, General, here's how you're going to train the Third Army with this video? (laughs) I would have paid to see that reaction. I really would have. But not today. So maybe that's the problem in Uvalde. Maybe these cops were busy asking each other, well, you know, what pronoun should we use if we encounter this shooter? We don't know if it's a male or female. They're guessing it's male, but if you say, hey, buddy, that is pronoun incorrect. So if you say you MFing SOB, that's really bad because the training film says you should use inclusive language so that everyone can go to their safe space. Sadly, those kids didn't have a safe space. They thought they did. School. But they didn't. And one of the main reasons is because of the cops' lack of response and lack of duty. So that's how the Navy's being trained. And what does that result in other than disaster? Matthew Lomar was the U.S. Space uh, Force commander He talks about the effect that this is having on recruiting, not just at the Naval Academy, but at West Point and the Air Force Academy and every other branch of service in our country. This is dramatically affecting our recruitment and retention efforts across all branches of the military. Uh, I heard yesterday that we have 890 new accessions who have accepted appointments to the U.S. Air Force Academy this year to attend next year, down several hundred from what our typical acceptance rate is of these appointments from nearly 1,400 a year. There are a lot of people in this country right now who are being disincentivized from joining the services, which should concern uh, the American people, and there's a lot of good people who are leaving the service right now who for their entire lives have thought that they would stick around for a very long time. It's really disappointing and discouraging to see this. What does that sound like? It sounds like the description of any police department near you. Recruiting is down. Seasoned officers are leaving who thought they would make it a a lifelong career. Others are taking early retirement. How are we supposed to defend a country and have a lawful society when we don't have law enforcement? When we don't have a military to protect our borders? When we have an active political regime intentionally opening our borders? Putting every single person at risk. We think because we're here in the Midwest, or perhaps in California or Montana or Maine, that we're safe from this migratory policy that Biden has instituted, this illegal, by the way, policy. We're not safe because the border now is in Missouri. The southern border is in Maine. This criminal who occupies the White House is flying 
other criminals to your neighborhood. And they, they, oh, it's just kids being reunited with their parents. Liars. One such kid posing as a young teenager, even though he was 24, was flown to Florida by Biden, where he promptly stabbed a father of four to death. So if you don't think the southern border is coming to your neighborhood, you're not paying attention. It just doesn't get any media coverage. Because after all, that would be against the media agenda. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And we'd rather not have a police force if we're going to have cowards like we're in Uvalde. If we've got soldiers who are going to question pronouns and safe spaces, we don't want your ass. How would you like to be a soldier in a foxhole somewhere under attack and the guy or the gal in the foxhole with it you know is one of these woke asshats? They won't even fire on the enemy. They'll invite the enemy to sit down for tea. Shall we have a cup of tea rather than have our dispute? Boom, you're dead. But hey, show them that training film. That ought to get a bunch of soldiers fired up, right? We need language that's more inclusive. Freaking weirdos. And then we have Juneteenth. And if you don't embrace Juneteenth as a national holiday, then you're a racist, right? I mean, that's the logic. That's what the liberals do with everything, though. Anything you disagree with them on makes you a racist, homophobe, whatever it is they want to call you for the day. Jason Whitlock is black, so that renders him a minority. And he knows what Juneteenth is all about. Let's just be all the way honest. This is George Floyd Day. Juneteenth would not be a national holiday if not for George Floyd. And so that's what this is really about. It's more about racial division. Look, I'm like you. The Emancipation Proclamation, obviously being an African-American, huge day. The entire year of 1865 should be celebrated. America rededicated itself to its best ideals. Men, Union soldiers made enormous sacrifices for their belief in equality and the freedom of other men who didn't look like them. That, uh, but, but I, I don't want to celebrate George Floyd. I feel sorry for George Floyd. He is a victim of his own mistakes and the mistakes of Derek Chauvin, but he's not worthy of celebration. He's not worthy of a national holiday in his memory. No, he's not. He's not worthy of a statue. He's not worthy of any sympathy or empathy, as far as I'm concerned. We know the truth from the medical examiner. He was going to die later that day from his overdose of fentanyl. So the fact that he died at the hands of the police officer is sad in the sense that it hurt the police department. But that's the only way it's sad. The fact that George Floyd is no longer on this earth is a blessing to innocent people who are law-abiding citizens who have become victims under that thug's behavior. So I rejoice in the fact that George Floyd is no longer on this earth. I wish it hadn't been at the hands of a cop who stupidly was kneeling on him because he was going to die anyway that day. 
by the medical testimony. So, no, I don't feel sorry for George Floyd. I'll tell you who I feel sorry for, his victims. A woman who was pregnant that he held a gun to, telling her to give him drugs. He broke into the house, of course. It was a home invasion to begin with. She had no drugs. She thought he was going to blow her head off. That's who I feel sorry for, not this ass. George Floyd. Give me a break, George Floyd. Kiss my ass. Good riddance to you. Thank God he's gone. But Whitlock wasn't done. He also knows what the real agenda is when it comes to Juneteenth. The the real agenda behind Juneteenth, it's about racial division. Look, a a black female mayor in New Orleans, that's a major city, had a monument built that was allegedly in honor of Juneteenth and in honor of black people's accomplishments in America. And it's an Afro pick with a black fist? As it, so we have a black political figure who doesn't know how to properly honor black people and who exactly. does something this shallow. It tells you how shallow this entire movement is. If an Afro pick designed, paid for, promoted by a black politician, uh, a Democrat politician, uh, if that is is a symbol of our progress and freedom and accomplishment, I, uh, look, a white mayor that did this would be recalled and would be trashed yeah. all over television and every place else. But, you know, nothing to see here. Juneteenth has been turned into a joke. Carpe double DM Jason Whitlock. Every time the guy talks, I can't wait to listen. Because he makes sense. He has courage. He stands up against the woke mob, even though he's black. And so you can imagine some of the criticisms he gets from his own community. But he doesn't care. He knows what's right and what's wrong. He's right. 1865 should have been a celebratory year. The Emancipation Proclamation. But instead, today's people, and by people I mean mostly white people, try to hold Juneteenth out as some sort of historic reference point for the end of bigotry, the end of slavery. The Emancipation Proclamation ended slavery. Uh, I I guarantee you there are women in this country right now who consider themselves slaves because their husbands treat them that way. So slavery is never going to end completely. And as I watch... And pay attention to what's going on in this country. And you hear these little drips and trickles down from this stupid-ass sham show that the January 6th unconstitutional illegal committee is performing. I start to get it. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, right? It's all Donald Trump. Somehow he's the guy thereafter. Year and a half after he's out of office, they're still obsessing. They're still chasing ghosts. They continually bring up Charlottesville. Notice how the liberals will try to give you just a date or a name to commemorate some awful event. They truly do celebrate these things. 
because they think it gives them a chance to get Donald Trump. So there's nothing that they've uncovered regarding January 6th. Charlottesville was another one. Every time they reference it, it's, oh, it's another Charlottesville that Trump's presiding over. Well, I've often repeated what Trump said the day after Charlottesville, or maybe the days after Charlottesville. And all the media wants you to hear is he said there were good people on both sides of of the fence in Charlottesville. They don't play for you everything he said in that context. We do, of course, because we're interested in facts and evidence. So what Donald Trump actually said in full is this. You know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats. You got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group. Carpe diem, President Trump, one hundred percent accurate. There were innocent people who had protest permits. The protest, if you recall, was about the taking down of the Robert E. Lee statue in Virginia. They were peaceful protesters. Even the neo Nazis were peaceful protesters. They didn't start anything. There was no violence until Antifa showed up, as the president described, in their black outfits, their masks, and their clubs, and began waylaying people. Then it became violent. Then a woman lost her life. Somehow Charlottesville and January 6th are lumped in as Donald Trump black marks. Neither is true. So while you miss Donald Trump, and if you don't, you're crazy. I especially miss the way he said China. But if you don't miss him, then you must have unlimited funds. Because everybody else is going broke. And if you think for one minute that Wuhan Willie has any intention of helping you with gas prices, you must have your head so far up your ass it's not even visible anymore. Because he's made it clear he has no plan. He also now has made it clear he has no intention of helping anyone at the gas pump. This is all intentionally designed to take America off of fossil fuels. He wants to destroy the entire industry. He said so. We have a chance here to make a fundamental turn toward renewable energy electric vehicles, and and not just electric vehicles, but across the board. Ultimately, we really do need to be investing in renewables. Until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, and since we'll still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now, during Putin's war. As Minister uh, Ryan has said, this clean energy transition could be the peace project of our time. The way in which we can assure um, reasonable energy expenses for households is um, to move to renewables to address climate change. <laughs> they keep talking about renewables and clean. Pete Buttigieg said, until we have clean energy independence. Well, let me read you the, something that's actually true from 2017. 
Who was president then? Donald Trump. The United States leads all countries in reducing carbon emissions. That's from Forbes. The United States leads all countries in reducing carbon emissions under Donald J. Trump. Interesting, isn't it? So they want their electric cars. They don't tell you the average price now is hiked up to $64,000 a car. If you compare that to your normal sedan, your full-size car of 44000 if you buy that electric vehicle, you're already twenty grand in the hole. That's not to mention all the other stuff that's involved. So they lie to you when they talk about, oh, if you fill up at the pump, blah, 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 versus filling up at the charge station. And now Biden wants to grandstand and say, well, you know, let's give the gas tax a holiday and we'll, uh, we won't charge people that extra 18 cents a gallon for a little while. Even his alter ego, his boss, the puppeteer, while running for president, knew what a fraud that was perpetrated on the American public. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. He called it a gimmick. What do you think of that, Wuhan? A gimmick. That's the boy that you kneel at the, at the altar of. Barry Hussein Obama, the mulatto. Just as white as he is black. But that good old boy Biden, oh man, Barry Hussein, he's my guy. These lunatics must be in the electric vehicle business. Listen to this nonsense. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. Filled up your EV by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank, you would save $60 per fill-up by going electric rather than using gasoline. Of course, none of that's true. They make it up, then they say it, and people say, "Woo, wow, holy cow. But it's not true. And how's this for clean emissions since they're all about clean energy and climate change? And The battery of an electric car contains nickel, cobalt, aluminum, manganese. The exterior of the electric car is made of steel, glass, and rubber. The interior of leather and LCD screens. Tell me again about clean energy. Clean? Clean this. Freaking lunatics. And they are. Here's another nut for you. James Clyburn. Now this is the guy who's Going to take responsibility or take credit, I suppose, for saving Biden's life in his political life by turning the Democrat primaries around and rigging it in South Carolina without question. Obama, or excuse me, O'Biden was getting blown out in every single primary. He wasn't even close. In fact, he was talking about quitting the campaign from his basement. Talking about enjoying other things in the basement. 
maybe like young children. But then Clyburn turned it all around in South Carolina. Clyburn now says if Biden isn't going to run, he fully supports Heels Up Harris. Podcast includes uh, Vice President Harris. I support her. Uh, and uh, I'm just saying that if uh, he uh, chooses not to run again, uh, first on my list after him would be uh, Kamala Harris. How could she be first on anybody's list for anything except the first to get, bo- to get booted out of Washington? Although she's tied for first in that. Joy Reid, that genius, said, I think she doesn't get to show that personality often enough. And so people haven't had a chance to get to know her. Most of the media is still white and male. And their take on Kamala Harris becomes the take. It becomes conventional wisdom. I was able to kick off my heels and talk real. <laughs> Joy Reid kicks off her heels and talks real. Because Joy Reid's so real. If Joy Reid could speak for more than five seconds, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, without mentioning race, I would round up investors to give her a million dollars. But she can't do that. She has no concept of that. And so she always brings up race. Well, Joy Reid, since you want Kamala to show off her personality, here it is. And in this case, she's talking about Ketanji Brown Jackson or Jackson Brown, whatever her name is, the Supreme Court justice, the, you know, the, the black woman who doesn't know what a woman is. I experienced great joy when I watched this brilliant, phenomenal black woman jurist be so smart and just cut through the political gamesmanship that they were attempting to incite. (laughs) Have you ever noticed when someone speaks that slowly, they're thinking in their mind, what can I lie about and get away with? And I don't even know what she was lying about. I don't know what she was talking about. The kind of political something or other that they were trying to incite. Well, if that's not stooge enough for you, let's talk more stooge. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. (laughs) The tools to slow this, what, what thing? What thing are we talking about here? She doesn't know. How would she know? She doesn't know. So, Joy Reid, there you have it. There's the gal and Clyburn that you think is so great. That you think should be the next president because you'll endorse her. She's not a smart woman. Newt Gingrich understands it fully. But Newt also understands why Clyburn would support Heels Up. She's... uh crazy enough to satisfy the left. She fits all the various, you know, personality requirements. She's a woman. Uh, She's a woman of color. Uh, She comes from our biggest state. Um, 
The fact is, the, the easiest way to understand Kamala Harris is she's the first product of the modern teachers' union woke education system to get to national office. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't know how to learn anything. She is inarticulate, and she's not sure what the big words mean anyway. Carpe quadruple diem, Newt Gingrich. And she's not sure what the big words mean anyway. Inarticulate. Unable to learn anything. I don't know. I guess he could have stopped there. But Newt kept going. And this is the woman who is a heartbeat away from the presidency. Now, I don't think you can get worse than Biden. But when Newt describes a Harris presidency, he clearly believes you can. So I I never take her seriously, except that she is vice president. And under some terrible circumstances, she could actually be president. Uh, And that would be horrifying. However bad you think Joe Biden is, Kamala Harris would, in fact, rapidly surpass him uh, and achieve worst president in American history, I think, within 30 days. Within 30 days, Newt gives her 30 days to surpass all of the barometers that O'Biden has set. And O'Biden, of course, replaced Jimmy Carter, or perhaps Obama, who replaced Jimmy Carter as the worst president in history. But the liberals are on a run, aren't they? Obama, Biden, if, God forbid, something happens to Biden, Harris, if, God forbid, something happened to Harris, Pelosi, Woo. that's called bench depth there, man. Look out. Look out. You remember when late night comedy used to be funny? Johnny Carson, Letterman in his early years, even go back as far as Dick Cavett or, Cavett or Joey Bishop. They were all funny guys. Their shows were funny. When Joan Rivers sat in for Johnny Carson, Funny, beyond funny. Stand-up comics getting their first chance at startup on Carson's show. And if he invited you over to the couch, you knew he loved you, which was the blessing of the king of the late-night comedy. Rodney Dangerfield, Jerry Seinfeld, Drew Carey, Jay Leno, Letterman, all of these guys making their debut on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. None of these shows today are comedy shows. They're all political activists, Kimmel, Fallon, that idiot Colbert. But Colbert is more than that. He's more than a political activist. He's an active liar in a federal investigation. He's a liar. And he's not funny. And Tucker Carlson pointed that out in spades last night. But the guy's not a comedian. You watch a comedian, you think, that guy's hilarious. I'd love to meet him. Imagine eating a meal with Stephen Colbert. Chances are you somehow offend him over the course of a typical dinner by saying something he finds offensive. What are the chances of that? 100%. Stephen Colbert is a Karen. He's a brittle, middle-aged woman who's always lecturing you about something. In fact, he's Elizabeth Warren. They even look alike. Have you seen them in the same room recently? No. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? If you think he's a comedian and not a political activist, here's just a few samplings of Colbert, the Biden lackey. This is on what is supposedly a late-night comedy show. Ask yourself if you could ever hear Johnny Carson doing this. 
Letterman before he turned woke and liberal. Any of the funny people who've hosted these late night shows, could you ever imagine them doing this? Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden did it. The biggest story continues to be the one you were thinking about when you weren't sleeping last night. And it's the one happening all over America. The protests in wake of the murder of George Floyd. And please don't buy the false narrative that these are lawless mobs. The vast majority of these protests have been peaceful. There's a simple, if extremely difficult, solution. Reduce the number of guns. We've done it before, and it worked. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a humanitarian crisis, but also it is a triumph of humanity. Take that, Putin. Wow. There's a comedian for you. Have you stopped laughing? Don't laugh yourself into tears. I know it was funny. I always try to make people laugh, but I probably went overboard on that one. He's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Now, he has a guy that works on his staff who went into the Capitol with a crew. They were told to leave. They caused an obstruction at the sham hearings. They were removed. They didn't leave the Capitol building. They didn't leave the Capitol grounds. They remained, even though they were told to leave. This is a federal law they broke. And so what we have here is an interesting scenario. Timothy Heiser is a guy who is the chief of staff for Jake Auschenkloss. He's a congressman. Heiser once worked for Adam Schiff. So what do Schiff and Auschenkloss do? They invite Colbert's camera crew to come up there and berate Donald Trump in whatever way they can think of. Knowing full well that these two criminals, Auschenkloss and Schiff, had this Heiser in their employ. Heiser, while chief of staff... For Auchincloss, it's caught on surveillance video, went to Marjorie Taylor Greene's congressional office, the office of a sitting congresswoman. Not only defaced it, but damaged the wall and the door in every way possible and did it seven different times. Seven different times. Auchincloss is so brazen and so arrogant and, and so bulletproof because he knows the media won't even mention it. Arrogantly issued a statement saying, well, we're not going to apologize. Our office isn't going to apologize. So as long as it's Marjorie Taylor Greene and we disagree with her politics, we can destroy her office and scare the crap out of everybody. That's how they believe. Their censorship has gone well beyond scary. It's dangerous to the American people because they want to shut you down. By any means possible, I might add. By any means possible. So Colbert wants you to know <laughs> that he has definitely earned his lackey stripes. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden did it. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But he hates you if you disagree with anything that he's explaining. Now, it's predictable why these TV talkers are talking like this on the TV. 
They want to talk about something other than the January 6th hearings on the actual seditionist insurrection that led to the deaths of multiple people and the injury of over 140 police officers. But drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our capital to prevent the counting of electoral ballots and a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. You know what's shameful? Is you. Everyone who died as if this were a war zone on January 6th. One person was murdered. Another lady died after the beatings of the Capitol Police. One person was murdered that day, and it was not anyone from the government. In fact, it was a war veteran. She lost her life while surrounded by other cops at the hands of a murderous black police officer who has never been charged and, as far as I'm concerned, never been investigated. So when Colbert says deaths of multiple people, who's he talking about? This led to the deaths of multiple people. The protest didn't even lead to the death of Ashley Babbitt. That was a murderer with a gun in his hand who apparently hates white veteran women. There was no other reason to shoot Ashley Babbitt. So the only thing that led to her death was a murdering cop. Nothing else. Who, as was predicted, walks free today. So when you start thinking about liberals and the crimes they commit, you think, how do they think they can get away with that? Well, that's the dumbest question you could ask. They know they could get away with it because they do. Imagine if Marjorie Taylor Greene went and tried to destroy the office of a sitting liberal congressman or woman. Sandy Cortez, for instance. My God, it'd be the end of the world, wouldn't it? Colbert had a lame explanation for what his criminal camera crew was doing in the Capitol. My staffers were detained, processed, and released. A very unpleasant experience for my staff. A lot of paperwork for the Capitol Police, but a fairly simple story. Until the next night when a couple of the TV people started claiming that my puppet squad had, quote, committed insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building. First of all, what? Second of all, huh? Third of all, they weren't in the Capitol building. Fourth of all, and I am shocked I have to explain the difference, but an insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This was first-degree puppetry. This was hijinks with intent to goof. That's what it was? Then why were they thrown out of the hearings? By the way, which are in the Capitol building. Why were they thrown out of the hearings? So your, in, your definition of insurrection fits your people's behavior. They obstructed a, an ongoing, what you consider to be, legal pr- government proceeding. So by your definition of what this committee is up to, your people violated it, broke the law. When he says they were processed and released, you're just a liar. They were charged, charged with a federal crime, and the investigation is ongoing, and more charges could come forward, according to the police report. But that's Colbert. His lies are always present. Now, Brian Claypool, who's an attorney, talked about this Heisner guy and what he did and why 
this Department of Justice sits on its hands. We're living in really dangerous times. I never thought our legal system, the justice system, would be under siege by left-wing radical groups. Can you imagine that prosecutors now are making determinations on their own to, to avoid the Constitution, to not even pay attention to the Constitution, to give hall passes to people that have clearly committed crimes? This isn't democracy anymore. It's hypocrisy. This is a new blue code of justice. For example, this guy defaced a wall in a federal building, Jesse. I researched it. There's a D.C. law on the books. He violated that law unequivocally seven times. He should have seven charges against him. And guess what? The penalty isn't, isn't, you know, go walk out on the street and clean the street. The penalty is up to six months in jail for each offense. And then we hear from the, from prosecutors there, oh, we're not going to press charges because a federal judge would never let these charges hold up in court. That's the excuse they give. What do you mean a federal judge would never let these charges hold up in court? They're clear violations of the law. They're on video. They're felonies, seven of them. Any judge who wouldn't let that case go forward should be disbarred. If they're talking about some liberal judge who's on the take, they might have a point. But any real judge with a sense of any kind of fairness and respect for the law would do cartwheels letting that case go forward. It's one of the easiest cases for a prosecutor I've ever seen. Every single criminal act was on video, perpetrated by one guy repeatedly. But that lame-ass Merrick Garland does nothing. He's one of the greatest criminals of the 21st century. He's a crime family boss. That's what he is. And if you feel this sense of lawlessness in this country and that we don't have the rule of law anymore, it just simply doesn't apply when a liberal's involved, you would be right, and you would be in agreement with Victor Davis Hanson, an extremely intelligent guy who has studied this entire problem. And the message the left wants to send is, you better be careful because the government is on our side and not on your side, and they're going to selectively prosecute or arrest. And that's the message. And it also empowers their own people. It emboldens them. If we get away with putting graffiti on a person's office or burning down, what's the next thing? I don't think we're, we're a society that is ruled by law. We're in a revolutionary period right now, something like 18th century France or 1920s Russia, where the law is fluid and it's whatever the power to be says it is. So if you're, just to take some examples, if you're James O'Keefe or you're Peter Navarro or you're Roger Stone, you're going to have an FBI come down on you like you don't know what. But if you refuse a, you know, a subpoena like Eric uh, Holder did, or if you lie uh, to a federal investigator like Andrew McCabe did, or you lie under oath to the U.S. Congress like both John Brennan and James Clapper, there's no consequences. How pathetic is this country? Perfect examples from Victor Davis Hanson. You want to see the difference? There it is, in stark contrast. If you're liberal, you do anything to violate the law, you get away scot-free. If you're conservative, you may not have done anything to violate the law, but if you're associated with Donald Trump at all, or if you claim the election was stolen, 
or if you say Hillary Clinton's a criminal, you might be the one going to jail. You'll certainly be harassed by the entire power of the FBI. There isn't any question about that if you're simply a Trump ally. And these aren't opinions of mine. These are all borne out with facts. You just heard Victor Davis Hanson give you the facts in all of those cases. They all have the same theme. Liberals free, conservatives jail. There is not a greater example of state-run law in the history of the world than this country right now. If you think you have freedom, you're an idiot. And when they don't have freedoms or rights, they just make them up, like Pelosi did with regard to abortion. A woman has a right to choose, to live up to her responsibility. It's up to her, her doctor, her family, her husband, her her significant other, and her God. I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in every woman's right to make her own decisions. Catholics everywhere are diving under tables. I'm a very Catholic person, and I believe in murdering babies in the womb. Even though the Catholic Church says, no, that's not what we believe. And if you believe it, you're not a Catholic. In fact, one bishop went so far as to say, you can't receive communion anymore, you little wench. I'm a very Catholic person. How often does Pelosi tell you that she's Catholic and deeply Catholic? Biden's the same way. I'm a practicing Catholic. No, you're not. I don't know what you are, but you're not a Catholic. Because Catholics don't believe in abortion. They believe it's a crime. They don't support it. Right to choose? No woman has a right to choose. Who do you think you are? No one in this country has a right to choose. If you had a right to choose, someone could go murder Biden today. What was my right to choose? You don't have that right. Not when it violates the law. You don't have any right to choose to commit a crime. I suppose you can do it, but you're going to jail, unless you're liberal, of course. Maybe that's what she meant. Every liberal woman has the right to choose, because they'll never be jailed for anything. But who does she think she is? And I'm a strong Catholic, a great Catholic, and I believe in abortion. <laughs> That's like a conservative saying, I'm a strong conservative, but I believe in higher taxes. No, you don't. You're not a conservative if you think that. She's not a Catholic. I just heard a thunderclap. It must have been Jesus as soon as she heard that, or as soon as he heard that. When he heard her say that, he was diving for cover. She's a strong Catholic. Big-time Catholic. If you don't believe me, I'll tell you again tomorrow. And I'll keep telling you until you believe me, because that's how liberals are. We'll keep telling the same lie until you believe us. There's not a Catholic anywhere who believes in abortion. If they tell you that they do, and yet then they insist they're Catholics, they're not Catholics. Christian? She's not even Christian. She's disgusting. Senator John Kennedy talked about the reaction of the leftists like Pelosi with regard to the overturn of Roe versus Wade and the reaction of the liberals. 
All of this is being driven by the anti-intellectual crypto-socialist woke left. When the draft opinion was leaked, the Woker's response was immediate. They said, we don't agree with it, so let's, let's burn the place down. Let's intimidate the justices. Let's intimidate their spouses. Let's intimidate their kids. What you allow is what will continue. And the Biden administration has embraced that. They've not only embraced that, they have cheered on lawbreakers. Saki and Biden have cheered on lawbreakers. Those that are demonstrating in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes for the 17 millionth time are breaking federal law. They belong charged, prosecuted, and jailed. Not one of them has even been warned. Not once has Biden come out and said, you know what, you're breaking the law, please don't do that. Not once has Biden come out and said, I deplore the intentions of that murderous, dumb son of a bitch who was going to murder Justice Kavanaugh. But he hasn't. He hasn't said any of those things. Has Schumer? Schumer's the one that encouraged the murder of two justices on the courthouse steps. Has he said anything about it? No. The only thing he said about the protesters is, hey, we all have these protests in front of our house. You're not a Supreme Court judge, you asshat. These are carefully choreographed threats to the Supreme Court justices and their families that if you don't rule the way we want you to rule, you could be dead. So think twice before you overturn Roe versus Wade. Your life is at stake. That's what the message, and it's a clear message. It's been received clearly. My guess, those justices are going to give those people the middle finger and maybe both middle fingers. If it were me, that's what I would do. I would dig in deeper. Even if I wasn't in favor of overturning it, I think I would have become in favor of it now. Once the mob rules, the country's dead. And yet you've got a sitting president, a sitting attorney general, a sitting vice president, sitting senators and congresspeople who haven't once come out and said they deplore the actions of an assassin or lawbreakers in the middle of streets. It's unconscionable behavior. Now, I wouldn't have paid any attention to it anyway if Schumer and Biden had come out and said something because you know they didn't mean it. So I guess in one sense, they're just being honest, which has to be so strange a strange feeling for them. My God, I'm being honest. I don't care if they kill Kavanaugh. I don't care if they kill Coney Barrett and her eight or nine kids. I don't care. I don't care if they're throwing bloody, bloody dolls on their lawn. I really don't care, so why should I say I do? And then they start taking their temperature because I'm coming down with a fever. I'm actually being honest. This isn't me. I'm a liberal. I lie for a living. And I don't think twice about it, by the way. Adam Schiff understands he has no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Trump with regard to the protests of January 6th, the dust-up. He knows he has no evidence, even though he keeps saying he does. Same song and dance that he performed during the quote-unquote impeachment hearing of Donald Trump. He didn't have it then, even though he brazenly said he did, and said it was right there. In the light of day, we could all see it. And now he's saying the same thing, but he won't tell us what it is. So when you don't have evidence, you start fear-mongering. And nobody can fear-monger 
like a liberal political hack. We are not out of the woods. Uh, it'd be one thing if what started on January 6th or culminated on January 6th and violent attack had ended on the 6th. It didn't end. And if anything, our democracy is even more vulnerable today than it was on January 6th. <laughs> so I don't have any evidence of anything, of any wrongdoing, but we're in danger. And we're in more danger than we were on January 6th. I, I, I mean, I just who pays attention to these people? Sadly, some people do. Not enough for them to get their way. But there are people who listen to Schiff and think, oh, my God, our democracy is at stake. We're in a more dangerous spot than we were in January, on January 6th of 2021. Oh, my, what are we going to do? We better listen to Adam Schiff. Whatever he tells us, we'll do. Wow. NPR has has left their once sterling reputation so far behind them that they're not even recognizable anymore. They don't do any important work anymore. They simply parrot the government line if the government is in power. That's liberals. But if the government's not in power of their party, then they will critique the government and lie about it then, just as they lie about it now. It's so bad now that a guy who calls himself a journalist by the name of Joel Rose at NPR reads basically reads prepared statements from the Biden regime and calls it journalism. It's pretty sickening that state government is this bad, but it is. And here's what he had to say about the illegal plane flights that Biden orchestrates for illegal aliens to fly all around the country and deposit them where he wants to. This is how Joel Rose, the NPR journalist, sees it. Fox News has devoted multiple segments to these so-called ghost flights. To be clear, these flights are legal. In fact, the federal government is required to care for these children by law until they can be placed with a sponsor in the U.S., usually a parent or other relative. Federal officials say that flights carrying migrant children happen at all hours and that they don't release information about the children on board to protect their privacy. Biden officials say all of this was the same during the Trump administration. Even the contractor operating the charter flights hasn't changed. But none of that has silenced the president's critics. That sounded like Pravda back in the old days when you'd hear a statement coming from Pravda from the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union. That's what it sounded like, didn't it? That's state-run radio right there, NPR. State-run radio. The Biden administration says, so he repeats it and regurgitates it, of course, word for word. Oh, this was the same under Trump. First of all, nothing was the same under Trump. No, we weren't being inundated with illegal aliens by the minute. Trump wasn't flying them to different cities for political purposes. So that's all a lie. But it doesn't stop Joel Rose, the journalist, from lying. Because that's what they do, liberals. They live to lie. Miranda Devine is a journalist, and she's a great reporter. She works for the New York Post. She understands that these liberals at NPR are the ones who are dangerous. She also understands from her own eye test on site at some of these flights where they land that these aren't kids. 
and that, in fact, they're being released into the community in the middle of the night. You don't do that with kids. It really is incredible to listen to that NPR story. It's the most shoddy, uh, dishonest journalism, the sort that we are expecting now from left-wing media. And if we ask questions, then we are cruel, we're racist, uh, we should mind our own business, we're invading children's privacy. Um, if they were children, then the Biden administration is guilty of child trafficking, but also of really uh, almost criminal negligence, because we've seen these buses with these supposed children on board speeding at reckless speeds. We've also seen them uh, these migrants get dropped off at rest stops off the New Jersey Turnpike, where they're picked up by so-called sponsors who aren't even... They're, they're, they're not asked for papers by the handful of officials that are there. Their license plates of their cars are not checked. There's no vetting of these people who are picking up these supposed children. It's just a ruse. It's a game. Unbelievable. She's witnessed it. They're not children. Everything about this regime is corrupt. Everything. And everybody in it is corrupt. Every last one of them. You know, they try to distract you. Sometimes they succeed, but they don't want you to be talking about the border anymore because they think since they've moved on to other disasters that you'll pay more attention to that. But it's the southern border that's ruining this country right now. And it's going to get worse. If these criminals remain in power through election rigging, that would be the time for the all-out civil war. And then we could watch liberals run to Canada or wherever else it is that liberals run. By the way, the liberals really love drooling Nancy Pelosi. She's their gal. She's their queen bee. They can't get enough of old Nanner. Give me some Nanner, they shout. She is a canny legislator. She knows how to get things done. Her historic figure. But more importantly, Nancy Pelosi runs a very, very disciplined caucus. Speaker Pelosi is brilliant. She is a fantastic speaker. She is? Have you seen or heard her speak? She starts shaking. She starts waving her arms. She starts talking like Biden, where not one thing she says is coherent. And what has she accomplished as Speaker? Can someone identify her string of successes? They're as thin as the book entitled Polish War Heroes. There just aren't any. She hasn't accomplished a thing. Except she has, I think, turned most people off when it comes to government. She has undermined any credibility this government ever had. She has made certain and done so openly and willingly that no one respects Congress, the Senate, the White House, and anybody occupying it. No one in government is respected anymore. We can thank Pelosi and her group for that. But remember, any time Nancy does anything, like you remember when she held a news conference the day after she was busted during COVID for going to a nail a hair salon, getting her hair and nails done without a mask on, she was the only person there, and the video of the store 
The surveillance video caught her. The next day, she held a news conference to claim that the woman who owned the salon owed her an apology. She didn't owe the American people an apology for lying to everybody, but the woman who owned the salon owed her an apology. Now, that shows you the balls on this woman. And it shows you the brazen, I don't care what I do or say, attitude that they employ because they know they'll never be called on it. So when she was holding that news conference, was she for the children? The reconciliation bill was a culmination of my service in Congress because it was about the children. The children, the children, the children. My whole mission in Congress is about the children, for the children. You have to be able to take a punch. And you have to be able to throw a punch for the children. (laughs) Always for the children. Even she had to mockingly laugh at herself. No one believes her. For the children. What an embarrassment. You want to talk about using children? That's sinister stuff. I want to break you financially. But for the children, of course, it's always for the children. I want to take away your freedom of speech, your basic freedoms in the Ten Amendments to the uh, Constitution, you know, the Bill of Rights. I want to strip you of all of them. But it's for the children that I do this. I want to be able to take advantage of the stock sales and purchases of different companies because I know what's going on and I have legislation pending in front of me that will make me a millionaire if I hold off on the legislation, a multimillionaire, but I, but, but, but I do it for the children. Wow. They have nerve, don't they? They have some nerve. She does it for the children. Anybody else out there feel emotional? Kind of a teary moment? I mean, it's hard not to. The sincerity of that woman, it just drips off of her lips. She's a great Catholic. She's for the children. What more can you ask? I don't know if there's anything more you can ask. There she was, telling us all that it's all for the children. When she points her finger at President Trump, is that for the children too? Has to be. I mean, she said so. It's all for the children. Now, here's something that actually is for the children. Taco Bell. You can go to any one of the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in our area that serves breakfast and get a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a dollar. You see, Taco Bell has a dollar Crave menu. A whole bunch of items on the menu. And it runs all day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. They can also get a double stuffed taco or a grande burrito for a dollar off that same Crave menu. Taco Bell has a $5 Crave menu too. A double chalupa with two tacos and a soft drink in a box for five bucks. Triple double crunch wrap, same thing. Their breakfast menu includes two different AM crunch wraps, both under $3. A grande scrambler under $3. They're always innovating on the menu at Taco Bell, so you want to check it out. But here are the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in our area. In Missouri, they're in Washington, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, the Chesterfield Valley. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, 
Salem, Jerseyville, Troy, Carbondale, DuCoin, Decatur, Springfield, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in our area. I love to support locally owned and operated businesses. I hope you do too. Keep the money right here in our own market. Don't let Washington get a hold of it and we'll all be better off. Every last one of us will be better off. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, it does not. Simply doesn't. Well, we've got more of the show. Your calls are certainly welcome at 636-538-0746. 538-0746. Let's give you a little Forrest Gump music as we take a break. We'll be right back. Back in, Kevin Slayton with you. Glad you're along for the ride on this hump day Wednesday morning. Right here at KevinSlaytonShow.com, the Window World Kings Court. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746. Our good friends at Window World want you to always remember them if the need for windows arises. And you might need it because you might have utility bills and you're saying, gosh, I don't remember them being this high. Well, that might be your windows. Because I can tell you this, I have Window World windows. 
and my utility bills went down. They went down. That's what happened with my utility bills. They went down. 314-993-1800. That's the number to call for Window World to come out and give you a free in-home estimate. Prove to you that they're simply the best for less. You'll be getting the same windows I have, the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs, windows that bring a lifetime warranty covering all parts, glass breakage, and labor. Yeah, lifetime warranty, glass breakage. Well, they use double-strength glass. That's how they can offer that. And they do. That's standard fare for Window World. Priced so much better than the competition, it's not even a close call. I saw my utility bills go down. I see no use to run my air conditioner or furnace 24-7 during the winter and the summer. I will not have to replace those huge ticket items. It's fantastic. Anywhere you can find extra money these days is a good place, right? And you can find it through Window World. 314-993-1800. Or they also give you 18 months, same as cash financing, with approved credit. All right. We welcome to the show. Rick. Hello, Rick. How are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you doing? I am doing great also. Look, you got me fired up first thing this morning again. (laughs) That That report out of that school shooting and the amount of time that took those cops to go in there and then find out the door was unlocked. Look, man, like that cop that you said you heard that the guy was handcuffed because he had a kid in that school he wanted to go. Look, as, as Officer Gary told you a couple of weeks ago after this happened, we're trained. If you're the first cop there, you go into school. You're not wait. But let's just say we work for a department that works in a city like that city was. When we get there, if you got a commander show up and he says, we're waiting for SWAT team or we're waiting for a special unit to get here, and you hear gunshots, you know the guys in there and kids are screaming. I'm Here's what I'm saying. Look, I'm going in that school, and I'm looking at the rest of you guys that are standing there with your guns and your vest on and your shields. Are you going in with me, or are you standing here with him? If you can take me before the Merit Commission and try and fire me for disobeying your order, but I'm getting paid to save lives, and I'm going into school. Now let's go, and I'm heading to the school. They're either going to have to kill me or somebody's going to the hospital. It might be me. But it, or it's going to be the cops trying to stop me from going in. I'm not stopping from going in that school. Carpet triple DM to you. That's you know that's how all I said earlier. That's what all good cops do. They run to the fire, which is an unbelievable human instinct when you think about it. That's how heroic it is. And yet these guys didn't. And this following orders business, like you said, I don't give a damn what they say. If I hear a shot and I hear kids screaming. I'm going. What do you think a merit commission is going to do? Because that's what they do at the sheriff's department. Just like a board of fire and police commission for them to fire you or suspend you without pay. you got to have a hearing. Do you think a merit commission who's made up of retired cops is going to suspend or fire me <laughs> because I refused an order to stay out of a school where kids are getting shot and killed? I'll take my chances. And if they did fire me, Oh, well, then I'm not working there anymore. And not only that, they wouldn't be serving on that board anymore when people found out what they did. Exactly. And and you talk about the training. Let me tell you something else what this world's coming to, man. In Illinois, 
Brisker got some kind of grant to to build, you know, the Metrolink. The sheriff's department is in charge of the, the police protection on the Metrolink. There's a unit that's assigned just to that. Because, you know, I don't know if you ever rode the train in Illinois, but you'll see St. Clair County deputies riding that train. You won't see it that way in Missouri, but that's a different story. That's their, that's their issues. But they got a grant recently to tear down the building at Emerson Park, which is in East St. Louis between JJK and 5th and Missouri. They're going to build a brand new state-of-the-art building that's going to have three, three sections in there. One for the Sheriff's Department. One for a brand new state-of-the-art dispatch center that's going to have cameras and, and a real-time crime center, which is all great. And I'm, I'm not sure what the third department is that's going to be in there. But, but let me tell you this, Kevin. The guy that's in charge that goes to the meetings on the planning of this building, he called me one day. He couldn't believe it. They want to know in one of these meetings where exactly in the layout of your office do you want the quiet room? So oh. I'm thinking, well, you, you're talking about quiet room for, for for prisoners that are being disrupted before you can take them up to the jail or the court. No, we're talking about a quiet room. Every every one of those three sections of that building is going to have its own quiet room for officers or employees that are feeling stressed during their day. They need to go. They, they're allowed 20 minutes to go into this quiet room that's going to have artwork in there and soothing music and either a cot or a couch or recliner to sit in while they decompress from the stress they're under of their job that day. Good God. We this have become the biggest, we're, we're the biggest path of wussies in this country. It is, that's scary, but that's not surprising because you know, these little, these little cowards, you know, that's why the criminals are emboldened. They think they're dealing with candy asses, and they are. And the cops that are tough are have their hands tied. So, of course, they're going to be emboldened criminals. That's not going to stop until a Republican leadership gets in there and demands law and order again. I think Victor Davis Hanson's comments this morning were spot on. We are living in a lawless society, and that's scary. Yes, we are. And, and like the guy I was talking to the guy this morning, I told him I was going to be calling. He said, look, man, if I'm still here when they get that completed, that room's going to be a storage room. It's not going to be a quiet room. In our I said, you learned well, Brett Hopper, you learned well. I love Unbelievable, that. Kevin. I love that. Carpe diem to him. You too. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Rick. We appreciate the call. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye now. He's fired up. I don't blame him. How about that? A quiet room. A quiet room? What is wrong with you people? Why would you put a quiet room anywhere? Well, that's because you're an idiot. She was loud, wasn't she? And I think she knows. What she speaks is true. You are an idiot. Who does this kind of stuff? These woke people are scary dangerous. Now, we heard Van Jones from CNN yesterday, a guy who's certainly not pro-conservative. He's as liberal as they come. But he was criticizing liberals for the language they use now. And he said, who talks like this? I've never met a Latinx person. What is it? Who who says these things? Known by your pronouns. Well, I'll tell you who, Van Jones. Gretchen Whitmore, the great witch of Michigan. 
She is referring to women now, when she speaks publicly, as menstruating people. Menstruating people. It's unbelievable that they talk like this. No one talks like that. Can you imagine a guy taking someone out on a date and he says, you know, uh, the, the women in here are really smart. And the, the girl says to him, oh, excuse me, did you say women? Didn't you mean menstruating people? How fast would you get up and leave skid marks leaving that restaurant? It is unbelievable. And you know what they're predicting, these liberal freaks? Violence if Roe is overturned. Violence. Violence. And always remember that the, the one contrast that they never make and they can never explain away, when they perform an abortion and murder a, a, a baby in the womb, they claim, well, the fetus is just a bunch of cells, not alive. But if a woman's pregnant and she gets killed, the killer is charged with a double murder. So you can't have it both ways. Which is it? Clearly, it's a double murder. But the liberals don't want to talk about that. They never can explain away their own hypocrisy. Never. It's sickening. And so they're promising violence if Roe is overturned. They're promising violence. Now, has Biden answered that promise with a public statement encouraging everyone to remain peaceful? Should Roe versus Wade be overturned? Wouldn't it be responsible on the part of a president who's supposed to be in charge of calming the people in times of crisis? Wouldn't it be responsible for him to say, I don't have to agree with the decision because I'm pro-choice, which of course immediately renders me not Catholic, but I respect the rule of law in our country I respect the Supreme Court as the final arbiters of those laws, and I respect their view that the Constitution doesn't hold a right for abortion. In fact, it holds no woman's right whatsoever. It holds people's rights. But abortion's not one of them. Now, that's what a responsible president could say if he, in fact, disagreed with the decision. But based on the law and the Constitution, the decision is a no-brainer. It was wrongly decided back in 1975, and it's still wrong today. And that has nothing to do with your views on abortion. It has to do with your view of the Constitution. Can you read? If you can read and comprehend, how did you do in reading comprehension in grade school, kids? If you did well, then you can read and comprehend what the Constitution says. And in fact, it'll be easy on this particular point because there's nothing to read. But if you can read the Constitution, you'll find out there's nothing in here about abortion. It's amazing, isn't it? So witchcraft up in Michigan says that she has the constitutional ability to bring a lawsuit, excuse me, a lawsuit to protect constitutional rights of people. So I brought a lawsuit on behalf of all the menstruating people in Michigan. Wow. She's insane. She's no worse, no better than Sandy Cortez. She's the same person.
illiterate, stupid, and full of crap. That's what she is. She's all of those things. And she'll never be anything different. She's a hopelessly woke lunatic. <laughs> it's hard to function when you're like when you're that stupid, isn't it? I think it is. Could he be any more pathetic? None of them could be. It makes you want to go have a drink. Man, I'm telling you. Is it happy hour? This stuff's insane. Now, if she's not crazy enough for you, you know, we can always exceed the bar when it comes to liberals, right? So if she's not nuts enough, how about the great Megan Rapino? She's as nutty as a day is long. And Megan Rapino has plenty of things to say, but Ryan is up first. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, how are you doing, young man? I am doing great. Hey, boss. I, uh, I've decided that uh, I'd like to be referred to as a person who stands when he pees. There you go. Uh, that, that's your new phrase. If, uh, it's not if, men. If it's not men. Like it's it, people I'm who stand up to go I'm to the offended. bathroom. That's now the, the new term for men. <laughs> that's how well, stupid it is. This is the interesting thing. My wife is listening with me here this morning. She says, uh, you know, how stupid are these people? And as I've mentioned before, my wife uh, is, is recovering from cancer right now. And as she said, she goes, well, I, I don't menstruate anymore, so what does that make me? I'm no longer a woman? Yeah, is she a man now? Yeah, so it's... Well, and, and, uh, the, and the guys can get pregnant, you know, so the guys can have an abortion, I suppose. Well, that, that's what she said. So we finally decided that uh, I'm going to take one of her wigs that she bought after she lost her hair with chemo. I'm going to put it on, and I'm going to go into any restroom I want. <laughs> uh, when I get done with that, I'm going to grab a shopping cart. I'm going to go into a Walgreens. I'm going to beat the shit out of the place, and I'm going to take whatever I want. And uh, then I'm going to come home and I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to put my guns in that same basket and leave it on the front porch for everybody to come pick and choose what they want. Because I guess that's what life is about these days. All of those actions would immediately render you a liberal. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Because they can well, do all of those and things. And then my last, my last action would be to go up under the roof and take a swan dive head first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope your wife's doing better. We pray for her and all cancer she- sufferers. But uh, that's that's great, you know. So she makes a great point, doesn't she? This is how idiotic these people are. They act as though everyone is exactly the same. Let's lump everybody into the same basket of deplorables because they love that word. And yet, people aren't the same. People have different physical situations, but they don't care. So, so your wife, then your wife, your wife being a woman. Hold on a second, Ryan. Hold on, hold on. Your your wife being a woman, as we all know her to be would not be able to benefit from this lawsuit that witchcraft filed in Michigan because she didn't file it on behalf of women. She filed it on behalf of menstruating people. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty. I can't stop laughing at it. No, you, 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 uh, if, you, if you don't laugh, and, you'll go crazy. Yeah. it's Well, and go back to, uh, you know, we talk about divisiveness too. And we talk about, you know, trying when you're, the, the notion of bringing people together. Let's be honest, that's bullshit because that's not what they want. And if you if you need to question that, you look at the demented old bastard that's actually in office right now. And now when he gives interviews or somebody asks him questions and he tries to tout his own reforms, he calls us the MAGA people. You know, my MAGA friends is how he says it now. Yeah. And that's not that's that. okay. he says it with his own little joke or his own little smirk on his face. But that's his way of taking a little dig. 
course it is. And, you know, these people now, these are the same folks that, again, they keep throwing these January 6th hearings out there, uh, thinking that, uh, look at MSNBC.com. They didn't have, you had to scroll to the bottom of the page to see anything that didn't say January 6th or Donald Trump on it, let alone all the bullshit we got going on in this country right now, because they think that's what people care about. And you can't, I've got a six-year-old that can do better than that when it comes down to deciding what's bullshit and what's not. Like. Yeah, and my fingers so. won't allow my body to take me to msnbc.com. <laughs> I, right. I like to not feel nauseated. That's a horrible feeling to want to throw up and you can't. And yet, if I think of MSNBC, and you may have just ruined my morning just by mentioning them, <laughs> um, but th- that's what happens. It's an obsession with Donald Trump. It's an obsession with bringing him down so that he can't run against them. It's like I've said many times, Ryan, if I was coaching a football team and we just beat your team 45 to nothing and dominated you in every possible way, as they claim Biden did to Trump, I would want to play you every week. But they are running from the guy they claim to have beaten handily. Why is that? That's exactly right. Well, and King, last thing I'll say is, we are. Uh, we've decided that uh, our our mantra here in the Finley household is going to be, uh, you know, we're voting for Greitens. We hope uh, we hope Trump and DeSantis get in. And the only thing that could make it better is if this guy named Kevin Slate decided to run for office too, and we really kick some ass. Carpe diem. I, I wouldn't last five minutes. I I know. I'd either punch one of them, or, or I would call them call them all mfers, and they can go uh, kiss my ass. Kevin, you have a wonderful day, sir. Thanks, Ryan. You too. Prayers for your for your wife. Yeah, political office and Kevin have never been compatible. For that matter, political anything and Kevin aren't compatible. I see things the way I see them, and I'm not afraid to express that. And I thought that was America. That's what my dad always taught me. I thought America said you can speak your mind without fear of any kind of threats coming back your way or any kind of censorship. Now, all speech has consequences. I understand that. You know, I can't go up in the middle of church and scream, you mother effing heathens, and not be ostracized by that community. It goes without saying, right? I have the freedom to say that. But we're talking about community standards. We're not talking about that with the liberals. They've determined what is acceptable and not. So, yeah, politics and I are not good bedfellows. It doesn't work for us. Kevin is next. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Let me, let me get to this Rapino story real quickly before I go any further. She's claiming that transgender people should be able to compete in sports. And she says that any opposition to that is disgusting, she says, She's 100% supportive of trans inclusion, whatever that is. They make up names and phrases as they go along, too. She says there's regulation at the highest level. In college sports, there's regulation. The Olympics and professional level. It's not like it's a free-for-all where everyone's just doing whatever. But that's a deep thought. Show me the evidence that means trans women are taking everyone's scholarships, are dominating every sport, winning every title. I'll show you the evidence. Are you paying attention? Every track meet in high school, the swimmer, Leah Thomas. How many do you need? How much evidence do you need? Go ahead, Kevin. It's just another liberal running her uninformed big mouth. I, I, Kevin, I'm doing well today, sir, and, and you're on fire. You're on fire today. <laughs> um, 
I got a I got a message from Megan Rapino. Here, here's a quick way for us to get rid of you. Let's just let the U.S. men's soccer team um, play in the women's World Cup. Get you know put wigs on them and and let them all play, and they'll win the world the women's World Cup every year. And Megan can just go home and sit and eat and eat cookies. Or let's you know? let a good just a good male soccer player just one uh, claim he's transgender, so he's a woman comes out and competes at her position. See if she likes that. Well, you know, Kevin, it's just, it's utterly ridiculous. And I'm going to segue into what I called you about from that because it, it's utterly ridiculous because we, we got too much of the minority controlling the majority now. And, and that's the problem. And did you see the story yesterday that came out about a Kroger store and a chain called Harris Teeter stores in, uh, uh, that are out there, their grocery stores? Did you hear about them? No. Another another set of corporations that are uh, got got uh, upper management that's doing their best to uh, to kill their uh, their base of customers and ruin their stock. Um, so yesterday, story came out. It was on Fox Business of, of all places. I was surprised to see it there. But um, Harris Teeter and Kroger um, have removed patriotic products from their stores after a couple, not a lot, just a couple of customers took to Twitter to complain about these items being sold in their stores. Now, they were pro-American items. What they were was they were hats and T-shirts and I think like cup koozies, you know, can koozies that said, give me liberty or give me death, America, love it or leave it. And one of them said, uh, guns change, rights don't. And a couple of people on Twitter complained at these stores and saying, why are you allowing this type of item to be sold at your grocery store? Uh, clearly, in light of recent mass shootings, you can understand how this is not a good idea, the Twitter user wrote. And again, they don't identify who these people are. They never identify them, okay? But Harris Teeter Corporation responded by thanking the customer and telling the customer. Now, they did say her, so they alluded that it was a woman here, saying that they would discontinue the Freedom Series items from their stores and recall them. And they said, thanks for reaching out. As soon as these items were brought to our attention, we put a recall request into place, and these items are being removed from all store locations. We appreciate your concern. And another person complained to Kroger about a cup koozie that said, arms change, rights don't. And I get that means, you know, guns get better, but your rights to you know, keep them don't. But it says the person complained, saying 110 Americans die every day. Well, where's their facts that it's 110 Americans every day? that die from gun violence, and most recently, children, educators, etc. And family members were killed in mass shootings. Please remove them from your stores. Kroger then said uh, they would be recalling the items. So it's just crazy that these, these idiots say stuff, and they kowtow to them. But here's what's the good part of the story. Some people did backlash. People did get on Twitter and said, all right, Kroger, we're not shopping there anymore, you know. Uh, let's ban assault koozies, another one said. And, but I, I, but another one said 3,000 people die every year from uh, foodborne in, uh, illnesses, so why don't you remove all the food items in your grocery stores as well? Another customer said, go woke, go broke. So it comes down to this, you know, what, you, you, you go in the store and say, oh, you better remove milk because I'm lactose intolerant, and that offends me. Kevin, it's nuts. They've gone nuts kowtowing to the minority. They're really bizarre. Kellogg's has announced it's splitting up into three different uh, branches of their company now. And why is that? 
because their brand is dead. That's why. If you remember, it was Kellogg's that came out publicly and said that they would boycott Breitbart. Well, Breitbart is a center-right a political uh, media company. And it's amazing that the Kellogg brand, which, by the way, is controlled by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, a far-left radical social justice operation. It's the largest shareholder in Kellogg's. And so now, every time someone picks up, you know, a Snap, Crackle, Pop box or Tony the Tiger, they're self-declared opponents of ordinary Americans. Tony the Tiger hates ordinary Americans. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so the this, go well, this, go broke is very apropos there. This thing on this Kroger and Harris Teeter story, um, I think it's funny. One person did comment that the stores sell Chicago style pizza. They better take them out of their stores because in Chicago you've got all the Chicago gun violence. You better not sell Chicago style pizza. I kind of thought that was kind of funny, <laughs> but the, the the whole thing's a joke. Is is, is the problem? And you know, it's just it's crazy. So. To to, fi- to finish my story, I went into um, – is it okay to say a name of another store on your show? I mean, I mean it's of not course. for advertising and stuff. But I went into Dollar General yesterday to pick up a couple of items that, that I needed for my office. And I saw a hat in there, a, a, a trucker-style baseball hat, and it's red, white, and blue, and it said USA right on the front. I bought that hat immediately yesterday from that store. Couldn't wait to pay for it. Because I'm like, okay, Dollar General, you got it in your store. I didn't see about you guys uh, pulling this from your store. I'm buying this hat. But I wish there was a Kroger or a Harris Teeter close to me because I would walk through their store today with my USA red, white, and blue hat on. And I would walk through their store, and I would buy nothing, and I would walk back out. Yeah, we don't have Kroger around anymore. I worked for Kroger when I was in high school, but uh, they're long gone. But they're still they're – still, uh obviously all around the country. I think they're based well, in they Cincinnati. Do, uh, they do own ruler foods chain, which there's a few of those in the area. Those are owned by Kroger. I know that for a fact. So maybe I should walk through that store with my USA hat on and, uh, and then walk out. But look at buying, you know, tell people, here's how you get back. Do what people say. You always talk about, you know, um, you know, boycotting these places, but truly boycott. And that's what I think is finally starting to happen because people are starting to boycott. Look at what you said about Kellogg. Look about Disney's Lightyear movie flopping because people said, we've had enough of this. Well, what you ought to really do is go into one of those stores, get a full basket of groceries, go up to the checkout stand, and then say, oh, never mind. Because I can tell you, uh, working in a grocery store, I hated people that did that because that that meant somebody had to go put it all back. And that, that would drive them crazy and just say, the reason I've decided is because I just noticed how woke you were, so I'm not going to buy this stuff. Yeah, it, it's all this woke stuff, and, and it's just it's getting out of hand, and the majority needs to step up, and, and I think some people have said this too, or maybe you've even said it. The majority has to step up in, in, in the elections in November, and the majority has to, has to watch what's going on, and they better start watching it even on the early mail-in ballots because that's where the majority does have to rule because we're kowtowing to all this stuff. Again, Kevin, I don't care if a minority wants to do a certain thing, if they – I don't, it's not about that with me. I, I just want to look at people as equal. And, and, and I look at what Martin Luther King himself said. It's about the contact, content of your character, not your color, your skin, not your persuasion or whatever. It's the content of your character. And there's people of different races, people of, uh, that, are, that are gay or whatever that have good character. That's the people that I'm okay with. It's the bad character that is the problem. Do you agree? Of course. There's always that. No question about that. That's an easy call. 
It doesn't yeah. matter who you are, what you are, what you stand for. It's, it's who who your character says you are, and, yeah. and integrity. It, 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 but those are strange, strange pronouns. No, not pronouns. But those are strange words to liberals. They don't understand when you hit them with character or integrity. They're huh? What? We don't need that. I got an email from a business person the other day that I deal with, and it was the first one I've ever gotten. And the signature had the person's name on it. And then it said their pronoun after their name. I'd be tearing that up and throwing it away. It, it was an email. It said she slash her after their person's name. God almighty. And I was like, are you kidding me in an email? Then I do some work for different businesses out there. And they, the question has always been on there, male or female, or prefer not to answer. Have you seen that before? Uh, well, I've seen male, male, female. I haven't seen prefer not to answer, but yeah, it, it's been there, and it's on certain things like on uh, certain government things sometimes. But now, what we're starting to see is male, female, non-binary, or prefer not to answer. I still don't even know <laughs> what that means, but uh, that's yeah. for the liberals to decide. Good stuff, yeah. Kevin. Thank hey, Kevin, you. Have a blessed day. I just had to call you with this story because I thought, oh my God, it's just it's gets it's stupid that we can't have patriotic items in a grocery store anymore. But that's what we've yeah. become. So wear your patriotic stuff, brother. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for the call. God bless you. Have a blessed day. God bless you. We appreciate it. And then and, and it's it's just it, it's hard to believe when you hear stuff like that. You don't think you're in this country. You think you're hearing it about Mexico or someplace like that or perhaps North Korea. But you don't think you're hearing it from this country. This isn't where we do stuff like that. This, this was where we were proud of the country. But who could be proud of this country now? Steve is up. Good morning, Steve. Hello, Steve. Good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great, man. I'm glad you're back on the air. It's kind of like withdrawal symptoms from the real truth, if you know what I mean. Well, I appreciate that. Just had to take a couple of days off and enjoy the long Father's Day weekend. There you go. Kevin, I called. You mentioned one thing earlier this morning is you can't read in the Constitution about abortion and all this other stuff that these morons are trying to change or throw their fits about. But let me tell you what, and you know this better than anybody else, you can read in the Declaration of Independence the very document that created this country that every individual has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So the first thing they're doing is violating the very document that was established for this country just by denying them the right to life. Now, this crap is getting so out of hand, it's unbelievable. Now, I don't really know, you know, they, they want to talk about violence, there's going to be violence. I don't know when conservatives are going to stand up against these asshats and fight fire with fire, Kevin, uh, get, this country has become so passive, and, and it's probably because um, conservatives are more moral for the majority of, of conservatives. They're more moral. They're more down to earth. They're more abiding of the law. They don't go out and they start, don't start trouble and all this bull crap. But, Kevin, can you imagine if the people of 1776 were as passive as this nation is today? Oh. We'd all be a part of England. We would be. There would have never been a fight. If those there heroes if those fight. heroes and patriots didn't stand up to the tyranny, uh, that's what we would be under, and we'd all be speaking with an English accent. And that's what I'm saying. We are under tyranny that's far worse than what England was uh, putting on American patriots back in the 1770s. 
We're oh, under worse. Right. It's worse now. It is worse. And the sad part is, is we're too damn passive to do anything about it. I want to know when somebody's going to stand up and say, I want to tell you, Schumer, Pelosi, Schiff, and the rest of you other asshats, that if you continue with this bullshit, the fire is going to come down on you. That's what I want to see somebody stand up. Well, here's what it's going to take. And this is without question how it has to happen. The military may just be a battalion, but but one battalion of the military with the kinds of weapons that they possess has to march on Washington and say, enough's enough, you're out, we're we're booting all of your asses out, and we're going to change this country and take it back to what it was. Because if that is not going to happen, folks at home with their guns, we're not going to retake the country. They've got tanks, they've got uh, fighter jets, they've got missiles. We can't compete with that. This isn't the 1770s. But... If we have the military behind us, then we win. It's really that simple. Yeah, I think we. I think for the most part, we have the military behind us. We just don't have the generals and some of these asshats. No, we don't. But I can. Things. I guarantee you that the rank and file guys don't care what the generals think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And somebody's going to have to stand up at some point in time and do something, Kevin. I, I just don't know where else to go from here. I mean, it's it's. It's fight fire with fire. All these people know how to do is threaten violence and create violence and riots and bullshit like that. And it's time that uh, people of conservative uh, values need to stand up and do something. And by the way, did you see that Vernon Jones lost in Georgia? He didn't just lose. He got creamed. Yeah. You're trying to tell me that wasn't fixed? That was surprising to me. I have to agree with you. it was to me, too, but that just leads me to believe what the hell is going to happen in November. Yeah, Georgia scares me. I still think they're che- they're still cheating, Kevin, and and unfortunately, they're getting away with it. Yeah, I think that they're, that needs to be looked at because that that wouldn't happen. Absolutely. Kevin, great day. Have a part, uh, carpe diem to you, buddy, and take care. Thank you, Steve. Carpe diem to you. Appreciate it much, bud. Yeah, that's uh, amazing, Vernon Jones. I mean, he got like 29% of the vote. Yeesh. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us for today. We thank you for joining in. We thank you for listening. We thank you for spreading the good word about where truth and evidence and facts are important. The only place in America on media that I know of, Tucker Carlson. We're back fighting the good fight for you tomorrow morning, 7 to 9, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. But you can listen to the podcast on any one of the platforms that you listen on whether it's Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, or KevinSlaytonShow.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.